Hey, in this video, we're gonna help you pass Security Plus. Hey gang, it's Ron from ITMasterKey.com, and my job is to help each and every one of you guys get certified. So in this video, we're gonna be going over some questions and some answers for Security Plus. If you don't know, Security Plus is a super popular certification and it can really help you in your cybersecurity journey. It's actually the first certification that most people go after when they want to start their cyber career. You recently got hired at Jimmy's Jump House. Karen is taking you through the onboarding process of the following. What would outline what's allowed on the network? An OTP, an SLA, an AUP or an SSO. Now this one is pretty straightforward, but there's acronyms. Remember, acronyms. Acronyms will be on the actual exam. There's gonna be a bunch of acronyms. You gotta be careful that you know what those acronyms stand for. So in this instance, it would be an AUP. AUP stands for Acceptable User Agreement. So that literally says what's acceptable on the network and what's not acceptable on the network, with the devices, with the other employees, so on and so forth. Jenny has put in an incorrect password five times. A message is displayed stating her account will be unavailable for the next 24 hours. What most likely has been implemented? Would it be account lean, account lock in, account break, or account lockout? So what's been implemented is account lockout. When you are a system administrator, when you have power over users, you want to have a couple fail safes in place to protect those users. So somebody's trying to guess their password, do some extra stuff, do some weird stuff. Account lockout may be one of those fail safes because if you know your damn password, it shouldn't take you five attempts to log into your account. So if somebody's trying to compromise that account, you can have account lockout actually implemented or turned on and after those five attempts is going to lock the account and you as the system administrator, you as the person that has power over the users is the only person that can unlock that account. Your network has recently been exposed to malicious software. The incident response team has contained and eradicated the malware. What's next? Lessons learned after action review, recovery, or reduction. So once you've contain the malware 
and eradicated and got rid of the malware, the next step would be to recover, to get back to where you were. So if things were damaged, if things were deleted, if things were messed up, you wanna make sure that you recover things so you can go back to the state that you were at before the incident happened. Tina is a new intern for the Neptune company. She goes out to the parking lot for some fresh air where she finds a USB flash drive laying on the ground. She decides to pick up the USB flash drive and take it back inside. Curiosity gets the best of her and she decides to plug the drive into her work laptop. Soon thereafter, she gets a notification stating malware detected. The malware seems to be replicating itself over and over again. What type of malware does this describe? Does it sound like a worm? Does it sound like a Trojan? Does it sound like bloatware? Does it sound like a replica? So this most likely is a worm. So a worm's main purpose is to duplicate itself. So there's one worm, two worms, 10 worms, 10,000 worms if you don't stop this virus in its tracks, right? So this type of malware is all bad. Like I said, it will not only affect your device, it'll actually try and replicate throughout the network if you're connected to a network. So the best thing to do, first thing, unplug, your device from a network or disconnect from Wi-Fi just to make sure it only propagates on that device, then turn the device off. And then if you are part of the incident response team, do what you need to do. If you're not, make sure that you're in contact with the proper personnel so they can get rid of that stuff for you. Jan has illegally obtained secure information about Billy's Bowling Equipments, CEO, CTO, and CFO. Jane could have taken data from mid-level executives, but decided to only target personnel she deemed as most important. This type of attack would be considered what? Whaling, spirit fishing, linkage, none of these. gang so this would be whaling so whaling is going after the biggest the most important the crucial characters or the crucial companies that would be most important to an organization so whether it's google whether it's billy's bowling equipment whatever company it is if you're going after the most important people in that company that would be called whaling so where i know what fishing is Fishing just pretty much is you're trying to fish for information, whether it's the secretary, the security guard, or the CEO, wherever you get, you get. Spirit fishing is a little bit more calculated, so I wanna get maybe this guy or that guy, but importance doesn't really matter. I just know I want this port, uh, person, but welling is specific to the most important people in the organization, and you wanna get that information out of them, you wanna get that information from them, you wanna attack the most important crucial personnel in that organization. 
Karen was involved in what seemed to be a horrific accident. The alleged incident was all caught on tape. The video went viral across the internet. Soon thereafter, Karen set up a YouFundMe account to receive donations to pay for her medical bills. An influx of donations poured into her account. Soon thereafter, Karen was arrested for fraud due to faking the entire incident. What has Karen just pulled? A prank, a hoax, a bump, none of these. Simply put, gang, it is a hoax. So no further explanation really needed. It was a hoax. She was lying, tried to get the bag. She got the bag. Now she got to go to jail. A blank attack is a security exploit in which the attacker seeks to compromise a specific group of end users by infecting websites that members of the group are known to visit. Would it be a SQL dump? Would it be typo squat? Would it be DNS leak? Would it be a watering hole attack? All right, gang, so this is a watering hole attack. This is when somebody spies on you. This is when somebody knows the sites that you frequent a lot, the sites that you go to every day, the sites that you are going to be on for sure. And they'll put some type of malware on that website to advise you. So a watering hole is a term that's been used for a long time for where people meet up, where people like to hang out. So that's where the name watering hole attack comes from. They know these are the sites that you like to visit, so they're gonna make sure they have malware on each one of these sites until you click on one of them and get it. Ryan has been anticipating the new Bolo 6 game for months. It finally releases and Ryan downloads it immediately. As soon as the game downloads, he attempts to play online only to get continuous errors. If he checks online forums to find that nearly everyone who purchased the game is unable to play online, the makers of the game console blasts out a tweet stating that the servers are at capacity and have gone down. This is a classic example of which of the following. Brute Force, DOS, DDOS, MITM. All right, gang, so every server has a capacity. Let's say that the gaming server could handle 100,000 users a minute. 100,000 users, we good. Any more than that, it goes down. So this happens a lot when new games come out. This happens a lot even with Netflix or uh, Disney or any of those types of services when it's something new and it's an influx of people trying to watch something, an influx of people trying to use it. 
So DOS stands for denial of service. So denial of service means just that. You deny that service. And the reason that you deny that service is because it's reached capacity. 100,000 people can be on there at once, but 250,000 people are trying to get on there. The server can't do it. The server don't know what's going on. It's overworked. It just shuts down. It's not letting anybody on because there's way too many people trying to request access to that server at that time. Jasmine is currently interning for a startup in her hometown. She is trying to log into the company's portal to update several log events. Every time she enters the URL, she is rerouted to a site she's never seen before. The site requests credit card information. She tries a website on several other computers with the same result. What most likely has happened? Typo jacking, DNS poisoning, server retargeting, ARP adjustment. What most likely has happened is the DNS has been poisoned, right? So when you poison a DNS, instead of the DNS pointing to the website that you wanted to go to, instead of the website resolving to the website that you wanted to go to, it actually retargets and repositions and goes to another website. So the DNS, right, the name DNS, is domain name service, right? So domain name service or server or system, whichever one you wanna put in there, right? But the main purpose of the DNS is to resolve a website name to an IP address or an IP address to a website name. So every website has an IP address. The IP address is just the address on the network. That's what the computer is looking for, but since humans aren't built to memorize a bunch of numbers, that's why the websites come up. Whether it's Google, ESPN, itmsq.com, everything has an IP address. The DNS server looks at for the IP address, then looks and sees what website name actually correlates to that IP address, boom, the website comes up. Now, if you poison a DNS, instead of the correct website coming up, is gonna to retarget to a completely different website in hopes that it'll be able to compromise somebody. Now, a message from our sponsors. Hey gang, it's Rob, and I'm super excited to introduce the Winner's Circle program. It's our all new program, and you guys are actually the first ones to hear about it. So, we're gonna start enrolling in the Winner's Program on the 1st of February. 1 February is when we're gonna start enrolling. So what is the Winter Circle? The Winter Circle is an immersive program that helps me take you to the next level as far as IT is concerned. So it includes everything that was in the Zero to Hero program, plus live training, plus resume optimization, plus LinkedIn optimization, plus if you go inside of the testing room or you take the test at home, and you fail, things will go the way you want to, we'll pay for you to take the test again, right? So one of the biggest things is the live sessions. So I, me, Rob, your favorite instructor in the whole wide world, actually takes you weekly through the actual course. So you have everything that's in the Zero to Hero program, plus you actually have me as a coach every week teaching you 
guiding you, coaching you to make sure that you get the advantage when it goes inside of the actual testing center or taking the actual exam. So with the Zero to IT Hero program, coupled with the winner circle, there's almost no way that you can lose, right? So if you're not familiar with the Zero to IT Hero program, it includes ITF Plus, A Plus, Net Plus, Security Plus, plus three bonus Microsoft training courses. We include on-demand training and Boxer Detect the actual exam. Most students that were in the Zero to IT Hero program were getting their first certification in 30 days. Now, with the winner circle, we're looking up put that down to about a week or two for you to get your first certification. So if this sounds like something that you are interested in, go ahead and click apply below and apply to the program. So the Zero to IT Hero program was open enrollment, meaning that you can enroll whenever you want it. This program is gonna be a little bit more exclusive. We're only opening up a certain amount of slots every month to let students enroll. This month, I think we're opening up 12 slots. Once those slots are filled, it's over with. And pretty much throughout the year, sometimes it may be seven slots, sometimes it may be 10 slots, sometimes it may be no slots at all. So long story short, do not wait, apply. And another thing, everybody that applies, everybody that applies will not be accepted, okay? Everybody that applies will not be accepted. Even if you're not accepted, we'll give you some guidance on a way that you can actually break into IT that may just not be with us. Like I said, we just want the best and the brightest and the people that we feel would be best for the program. So we want so what's best for us and also what's best for you, right? So if that sounds good to you, click apply below. And other than that, I'll see you in class. Ronnie has found a software vulnerability that allows him to elevate his privileges. The vulnerability has not been patched or made known to the public. Ronnie exploits the vulnerability to gain access to company data. What type of attack has Ronnie performed? Zero day, Trojan exploit, Trojan horse, Smurf. So this will be a zero day attack. So a zero day attack are vulnerabilities that are there soon as the software, as soon as the device comes off of the production line. So unfortunately, a lot of times things may be rushed. Things may not be quality tested up to the amount that we want it to be tested just to get the things to market. So the developers, the creators may know this isn't as secure as we want it to be, or this may not be as great as we want it to be. Let's just put it on the market and see what happens. So since hackers, cyber criminals, people in general who want to do bad stuff know this, as soon as something comes off of the assembly line, as soon as a product comes out, as soon as software comes out, hackers will start hacking away at it to see what the vulnerabilities are. And if they have prior information to know like, okay, they left a back door, they left this code out. They did this, they did that. This framework isn't as secure as it's supposed to be. They can actually go after that and go ahead and take over those 
vulnerabilities and a zero day attack is literally taking the vulnerabilities that are in this software in these devices from day one and exploiting them angel works in hr on the northwest corridor of comet connections this side of the building is notorious for having horrible wi-fi she decides to bring an access point from home and hopes it would boost the wi-fi signal she begins to plug in the access point when she stopped by the CSO. What will the chief security officer most likely tell her about the AP? So this would have been part of the acceptable use policy that, hey man, you can't bring stuff from the house and connect it to the network. So most likely that would be considered as a rogue access point. If it's an access point that the security team, that the network team didn't actually put on that network, that is considered a rogue access point and that is a no-go. Not supposed to do that, shame on you. You read, you should have read the damn AUP, you know we're not supposed to be doing that. So a rogue access point literally means that this access point that I took from the house, hey, I wanna be cool, I'm gonna plug it up on this network. Right now, I just wanna take a little bit of time, just a little bit, and thank each and every one of you guys for subscribing to the channel, for liking this video, and sharing it with anybody who can benefit. I also wanna send a special shout out to uh, Jesse, Tim, and a few others, I'm sorry if I didn't uh, name you, who actually joined the channel as members. It's very much appreciated. If you're looking for training, if you're looking for coaching, if you want to join the program, everything is down in the description. Other than that, I'll see you in class.